From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in surreal, discombobulating Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Retha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Arthur Croy, I too make nice games. In this episode, we're discussing virtual reality development with Andrew Fadable, who just released his VR experience. Oh, geez. <laughs> Try. <laughs> on your... Set? On your rock. Good. <laughs> I just said it like 50 times. All right, Andrew, how do you pronounce it? An origin. An origin. Okay. Uh, so let's start. An <laughs> <laughs> origin. Our best intro yes. ever. An origin. <laughs> so it's a Greek word. Yes. And you're pretty sure it's pronounced that way. I'm 90% sure. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up the word before, the, not the pronunciation, obviously. Um, and it, it means dream, I think. Like dream creator. Dream oh. creation. Okay. Uh, I think there's a few things that refers to, but a p- specific uh, type of medicinal plant I think you can take to influence your dreams. Oh. oh. That's one That's one um, thing I've heard it referred to. Yeah. That's cool. That- and that's a pretty good title for your VR experience. Yeah. Which you don't really call a VR game, right? No. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners really what it is? Um, I... That's still really tough for me, <laughs> is, is actually explaining yeah. uh, what it is, because mm-hmm. um, I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, I think VR lends itself to sort of a new type of interactive experience mm-hmm. that's you know not quite game, but not quite movie. So I'm trying to combine the two. So one of the things that I like about your experience yeah. is that it, it has these gameplay elements, but it doesn't, doesn't like... Uh, um, evaluate you based on your gameplay performance mm-hmm. um it's these it's these vignettes of experiences that sort of take you through this like dreamlike journey and um but at certain points you've sort of completed the requirements to move on to the next thing um but the game doesn't really encourage you to be like oh you've you did it now move on mm-hmm. because it sort of lets you sit in it and kind of experience it and move on when you're ready and that's one of the things i really like about it and um can you sort of describe like how you came upon that kind of method of like moving through the experience? Yeah, uh, I guess there's uh, a few things that really um, uh, made me go in that direction. One is I developed it as part of uh, my master's program at the University of Minnesota across mm-hmm. the street, and um, it was for my thesis show. So I was I had people who have never been in VR before. Yeah, let alone you know most of them weren't video game players. So I needed to create something that. Uh, was I don't know if easy is the right word, but mm-hmm. uh, accessible, yeah, um, and something that people could sort of gently move through mm-hmm. the experience. Um, so that's where that idea came from. There's no, there's no, you know, scoring. There's no deaths. There's no uh, timers per se. Yeah. Um, so I think that was that's important. You described it as this sort of this. It's like a big idea, and it's hard to explain. And I think that's probably true of people who experience it it's hard for them to explain what they've experienced. And so, like, how, how is it that you approach even trying to describe it? <laughs> I somehow wrote, you know, 15 pages on it. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure. Exactly. Right, you, you had to be evaluated on, on, on how well you could present it, right? Huh. Yeah, yeah. But I also, it was presented uh, in an installation with sculptures, mm-hmm. 3D printed sculptures taken from assets that I combined as oh. well as photography. So yeah. Oh, well, that's so cool. Yeah, it was more like um, uh, uh, something bigger than just the, the, the right, virtual right. experience. It was, an in, it was an installation. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those those sculptures and those photographs sort of hinted at sort of um, the experience that the person just went through. So mm-hmm. uh, they may look at the sculptures before they go in, but when they come out, the sculptures mean something completely different. Yeah, and that's yeah. something I was really interested in. Um, but I think uh, just generally virtual reality changes the game in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from a photography background. Yeah. So I, for 10 years before I started at the program here, uh, which was three years ago, I worked as a, a, photo- a professional photographer for a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the first uh, month I was here, um, three years ago, I, I came to Glitch actually and I tried a DK1 Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind, and right then I knew I I needed to to research this medium and mm-hmm. figure out how to make art with it uh-huh. and do something completely different. Um, and so I so switching from like a two D medium to a, to like a completely three D three D medium, but not even just three D. It, it encompasses time and space. There's yeah. so many things that you have to be aware of and and understand and and think about how the viewer react to. So yeah. it's it's constantly, I think, visualizing yourself in their shoes. It makes you really empathetic. You know, that's that's something that um is really fascinating about VR that like I, I don't do a lot of VR development myself. I made a VR game in uh in a game jam once, but like I haven't done a lot of it. And that one was uh was on the phone. So it wasn't like super immersive or anything like that. But like an aspect of uh VR development that is interesting is like having to create the space for people to just be able to explore. And your game is all about that exploration and, and all these different and unique spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about like how you've been about making those spaces and what, how, how they're significant in, maybe in the game? Yeah. Um, you mean just like sort of at each individual level? Yeah. Uh, each yeah. different environment? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, part of the game, the purpose of the game for me was just to really exp- to, to play with the medium and uh, experiment and sort of get um, this was like the first real programming I've done in the, since high school, which is <laughs> That's way awesome. too long ago. <laughs> so it was a technical hurdles I had to go through. Yeah, uh, but also, like I said, getting used to like um, building this three D time and space world for people to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it was just uh, last summer I spent um, the summer in Minneapolis and uh, I had a studio over at the U and uh, every day I would go in and just sort of um, experiment and just like sort of throw things into a level and try to uh, do really fast iterations mm-hmm. okay. um, because I found myself I would get like hung up and like spend like weeks on one thing and, ah. and I wasn't really exploring the medium so like during the summer, each week I tried to do a different level ah. and do something new and different, and that's sort of how the the um, the framework of Energen uh, built itself. Because at the end of the summer, I had all these different levels, like ten, the fifth, maybe actually fifteen or twenty, mm-hmm. um, that were all sort of completely different, and uh, I decided to sort of string them together and okay. sort of journey that takes you from one to the next and sort of like a dream-like experience. You know how in your dream you sort of like, you wind up somewhere else and you're not really yeah. quite sure how you get there? Yeah. So I was kind of thinking about that idea. Um, yeah. What's nice too about that structure is that you have, there is there is wildly different environments and experiences and inter- interaction models, but then there are little things that carry with you 
from mm-hmm. piece to piece. And I think that like that speaks a lot to that dreamlike quality where you'll, you know, you'll be having a dream about something like, how did I get here? And it's because you had that thread from the last little vignette that, that, that tricked your mind into thinking that transition was okay, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I, you, you get that sense uh, very strongly uh, from your experience. Um, and I, I, I didn't, uh, I went and, and saw it at your show. And so I got to see the full installation piece. Um, whereas, uh, Martha and Steven, you guys, uh, it's on steam in early access and you guys had just played it, uh, recently, uh, without yes. that extra bit, those extra bits. And I, I, it, it's kind of a bummer that you can't bring that ex- installation experience everywhere, but I think a lot of it does carry over. Um, I can speak to the, um, this great extra thing you had, which maybe we could talk about where you had this printout. After you go through the experience, you get this little first-person uh, printout on like a piece of carbon paper or something, like a like a receipt paper, that it, that sort of narrates your experience as you did it, but from your perspective, and it kind of like you explaining the dream to somebody else. And I I really loved that, and it was a surprise to me. I didn't know you had that extra. I just I had done the experience, and at the end, you're like, oh, and here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know it was printing. While I, you're yeah, I had no, I had no idea. Can you talk a little bit about that? And like yeah. and. And um and what maybe the the version without that is sort of missing now and like how you might want to maybe build that in later perhaps yeah I was I was thinking about uh, adding it as sort of an option if you do happen to have Arduino and a receipt <laughs> thermal receipt printer yeah, you could hook it up but I was like no maybe like one person uh-huh. two people have that <laughs> um but uh, I think it was a way to I was really interested in sort of bridging um. In the context of the exhibition, I was interested in bridging the virtual and the real and sort of going back and forth between the two. So like the sculptures uh, were, our assets from the game are taken from photogrammetry, which Mm -hmm. is where you take like 100 pictures of an object and combine it and create a 3D model. Um, So I would take a real object, turn it to the virtual object, and then I would combine them with other objects and, and Blender and and reprint it back to a real object. And so it was sort mm-hmm. of interesting in, the, in, that, in that play. But also the receipt printer like, is, is something that people get to take with them. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that it's a sort of a physical proof of something that you experienced. And maybe this gets into something um, sort of bigger picture, which I think uh, virtual reality um, is going to have impact on, is that... Um, I think in some ways, I think it's going to be paradigm changing. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the idea that you can put on a headset and completely immerse yourself in a different reality, you know, I mean, the, the lines are blurring. Um, uh, and what that means cognitively, I think. Yeah. I think it's really going to, uh, down the line, hopefully change things for the better. Yeah. But. Well, a great example of that is an earlier demo of yours that Steven did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, I don't think we've told this story. Have we told the story we of the show? I think yeah. so. But, but like, tell it again. Tell it again. <laughs> okay, so I was playing a, yeah, an earlier iteration of the game, and uh, there's this part where you like can just pick up a statue, uh, uh, a head bust thing, mm-hmm. and then like I, uh, you were using some hand fancy. Oh. Magic. It was when you had leap motion. Leap motion. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. so it had finger tracking, so yes. you could actually model your right, actual so hands. Right. So yeah, yeah, it was modeling my actual hands, and I went and lifted the statue. But like, I actually felt not actually a statue, but like I felt like my hands, ex- my hands experienced the idea of like touching it, sorta. Like I didn't feel like I was actually holding a marble statue or anything, but like I felt like something was weighing the hand down a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
And like, and so I, I remember you. Yeah. You were like, "Oh wow, Andrew, how did you get it to? How did you get it to actually feel your, like it's in your hands?" Yeah. Or, or all like, um. <laughs> right? I thought I was going crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think a lot of people have in VR experiences. They they do that. They say like, "Oh, I, I it felt almost like it was real," mm-hmm. but really, you thought there was some trickery involved. Yeah, I was. That's how effective <laughs> it was. And it, it, I will admit that I felt that a little bit when I was playing it too. <laughs> I did feel a little bit of that. Uh, when I was grabbing things, mm-hmm. which is wild. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a strange, have other people experienced it or am I the crazy one? <laughs> um, I have to say not to that extent. Oh. <laughs> okay. But you know what that is? That, Physically that, though. What's interesting about like when you like the, the, with the, the carbon paper, what you take with you, yeah. you know, but you don't need that necessarily to have that kind of experience. Steven, you had this very, physical sensation that yeah. is really a thing that happened to you yeah not a, a, a game you played yeah and like i think that kind of that's a, that paradigm shifting you're describing i think that's kind of where that 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 line is yeah it right? sounds like that's the experience you kind of want from the from the game too is like it affects you in real life in a way that like other avenues of uh, game development cannot yeah yeah mm-hmm. like it's something that maybe you'll think about you know when you go to home that night and go to sleep or um, just down the road, you know, ideas from it will pop into your head. You might have a dream about your experience in the game. I, That's a dream. I have. <laughs> and the more I work with VR, the more I dream I'm working in VR. I've had dreams where I like be in VR and then I'll take off the headset and then I'll wake up like in real life. Whoa. That's so cool. <laughs> Man, so now you can like control that and like make your own dreams. <laughs> sort of, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, kind of a sidebar. I've been talking with someone uh, lucid who does lucid dreaming oh, on sure. Twitter, awesome. and mm-hmm. I gave him the key, and he like really loved the experience. Yeah, and, uh, something I'm definitely interested in pursuing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the. The, because your your game it, it does not use traditional gameplay metaphors. It does in some places, but it, it is this sort of just different kind of a more experiential mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, talk a little bit about that when you were testing with people and how you did like user experience. Like how did you get people to look in the correct direction to move on, or how did you how did you get people to linger when they could move on? You know, like things like that. Like how did you get the what you wanted out of that experience? Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's really tough, and I don't know if I do get what I want out of it. It's so painful sometimes watching people play because mm-hmm. um, uh, they're not experiencing it the way that I want them to experience it, yeah, which right. is also completely wrong for me to think that way. <laughs> um, but there's like tips uh, you can do or different things. Um, uh, sound cues are helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, light cues are helpful. VR does not lend itself to uh, text, flat text. You never want to use oh, flat text. Yeah. yeah. Uh, inventory <laughs> situations are really annoying. It's usually <laughs> a chore. Um, UI can be difficult. I mean, maybe I'm just lazy. I, I didn't include any UI or or, or uh, menus or uh-huh. anything of that. Well, sort. Steven likes that, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. UI is the best. <laughs> we, we were just complaining about it in the previous episode. <laughs> or I was anyway. <laughs> um, and there's basically only one action, which is the grab, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, That makes things simple and easier to yeah. approach. Especially for people who 
who are coming in for the exhibition. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. So in some ways, I get a much better reception from people who aren't gamers, mm-hmm. who are, or at least maybe not gamers, but who aren't going in expecting a game. Right, right. Um, just something to experience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's much more um, pleasurable for them. Right, right. Okay. Um, otherwise, you get people just running through it and you know clicking every single thing. And um, the point is to take your time and to really sort of just connect maybe with yourself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what's best about VR is that uh, it can really um, create that sort of experience that you mm-hmm. can have anywhere else and uh, elicit awe. Yeah. And I think awe is really important. It's sort of like this magic that we don't have in our everyday lives and mm-hmm. being able to provide that to people through this new medium I think is is really important and something we should strive for to sort of... Um, because I think when you experience an awe moment, you're sort of connecting with a, um, uh, perhaps a, you're connecting with the universe, I think, in a way. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. that sort of undescribable um, liminal space, I guess. Um, uh, some would say maybe God, I guess. Mm-hmm. This is getting really deep. <laughs> <laughs> deep is good. Deep um, is good. Yeah. And so I, I, I was really inspired by the, Alchemy, you know, the alchemists, um, sort of the original scientists, mm-hmm. but they actually believed sort of um, this of the soul as like a, a material sort of object, I guess, that yeah. you could combine with things to change matter. <laughs> but also, um, I was really looking at Joseph Campbell um, and the idea of the myth journey and what that can do and sort of the how you can go through, how going through sort of a story or, situ- or even just situations can flip a cognitive switch in your head to, mm-hmm. to st- start thinking about the world differently. Um, and also dealing, um, thinking about idealism a lot, specifically the philosopher Bernardo Kastrup um, and what that means to inhabit that virtual space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does, I guess I'm idealist, so does brain create reality or does reality create the brain? Or maybe does consciousness create reality or does reality create consciousness? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sort of believe that consciousness creates reality. Um, what I like about the way you put that is that you you have you you have a point of view that you bring to it, and then everything else comes on, comes after that. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, and I think one of the other things I ever got to mention was um, Carl Jung and the idea mm-hmm. of archetypes in the subconscious yep. was a big influence in thinking about sort of creating um, these these environments that sort of came from somewhere deep inside of me. And I'm not really quite sure why I created them. It's Mm -hmm. sort of arbitrary, but it's still purposeful in a way. Yeah. And sort of creating a framework where um, these symbols and drawings and characters and models um, are sort of archetypes that people will sort of bring their own experience to, Mm -hmm. but it's their imagination that sort of triggers the, the greater experience that sort of awe and that yeah, journey, yeah. right? So what you're saying there's like no like secret story for to unlock. It's for the it's for the user to to map onto their own yeah, idea, right? Yeah. It will mean something completely different to everyone mm-hmm. who does it. And and I guess you could say that about any form of artwork, <laughs> but I feel like that's kind of magnified yeah. in this one. Mm-hmm. My favorite room is the one where you're um in this cave and there are all these cave drawings and if you walk close enough to them, the cave drawings start to move. And I just thought that was like one of the coolest ideas. 
that was one of the earliest ideas you had for this project, right? I remember during when we met, you were exploring these like these animated cave drawings. I think right? it was one of my first like demos I did, mm-hmm. and then I sort of put it on the back burner until I cleaned it up uh, early this spring. Mm-hmm. I was getting the thesis ready. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely the idea of the. I was I was I watched that um, documentary by. Uh, What's his name? The About Herzog? The, yeah, the Herzog yeah. documentary. Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Yeah, and the idea that, um, and it also relates to, I guess, the, that, the Play-Doh um, idea when he talks about the nature yeah, of reality. Yeah. And the, so I was sort of thinking about those things mm-hmm. when I made that. Um, and hopefully it translates a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I like that they, 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 they animate on the walls, but they don't like glow or flicker or like sparkle. And so it feels more like it's, it's uh, it's not magic. It's that that's what the cave paintings really are animated. Like mm-hmm. when you when you really look at them, in a sense, like that they they come to life through your view, your experience of them, not through some like mythical sort of thing. I think the visual presentation I thought was really strong too, uh, for that reason. Thank you. Yeah, uh, my favorite part in the in the demo or the the game was the uh, the the maze part. I really liked like the idea that you were going through this maze and like I had to navigate this space. Um, in such a well, it felt unique to me at the time when I was doing it. Um, I, I guess like I didn't know when it was going to end, but I didn't care as much, <laughs> at least during that section, <laughs> which was pretty neat. Yeah, I really like that. I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had all the time in the world to make that section super long. Yeah, or or even randomized or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Same yeah. with the cave painting. I might buy a VR game with this. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny you say it's your favorite part, Stephen, because uh, when uh, Andrew, you didn't see him play this thing, but Stephen has a, uh, what we call a non-relationship with animals. Oh, yeah. Uh, He he didn't have pets growing up. No. Well, I had fish. Poor guy. (laughs) I know. That's my thinking, too. Goodness. And um, uh, uh, one of the things that that runs through this experience is this this dog or wolf that, that, that travels with you from thing to thing and, and has this this uh this empathetic relationship with you and steven you had a hardest time connecting with this I thing really, yeah whereas most people were like a oh, dog best yeah. friend forever <laughs> and, 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 i was like oh no dog it's kind of a shortcut to the human heart but not for you steven no. <laughs> and in that maze section it's the dog that leads you through oh i guess i felt like i was leading and then the dog would follow because i because like i would go around the corner and then the dog would start moving. yeah so that that's how I felt. I didn't feel like the dog was leading me. So much See, it works like you said. It works how whatever you bring to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> you, you might be one of the more unique uh, players because of that. Your your feeling on that, and <laughs> and you still found a way to engage with it. Yeah, and and and, and give it context and meaning. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, like that was it was an intense experience. <laughs> how do you deal with the, like trying to make things approachable? Because that's one of the things that's nice about about that to guide you through the thing. Like that that probably brings a lot of people on board. Oh, the wolf as like sort of entry point. Yeah, yeah. To create something that's comfortable for people, something that's friendly, mm-hmm. um, that's positive. Yeah, I think is really important. Um, even more so in VR because it has that power to really scare people. I think in one of my earlier demos, I had these sort of like the 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 fairy creatures, the little ones. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the physics were off, so it sort of like became this like long string thing oh. on the ground. <laughs> And one of the faculty members was doing it, and they have a, a, a afraid, deathly afraid of snakes, and just oh. like completely freaked out. And even though that was not intentional, yeah. I felt terrible for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, I just 
trying to create something that I think I still think that there's room in VR for it to be scary yeah. or for tension at least, mm-hmm. but to make something completely horribly scary, <laughs> yeah. like I I I can't really get behind that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. I I'm sure there's you know it can be done well, and there's a there's. You know, I don't want to say don't ever do anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of horror VR games, but I, I mean, that's not to like, my taste. But like, I, I appreciate that people are doing it and doing interesting things. Yeah, but like, but, it shouldn't be something that you that should be you should be leaning towards as a way to to heighten an experience for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this touches on the idea of what I was talking about. You know, the idea of a, a paradigm shift, mm-hmm. and and I think that VR is so powerful. And when you're in it and you're, so you're in a shooter or something and you're actually seeing other humans get shot and uh, there's just, there's something about it. Maybe I'm just getting older <laughs> or softer or something, but I, I just can't bring myself to play those games in VR. Mm-hmm. VR should be inherently a positive experience to sort of create that change that we want to see in this world. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, reality is like so crazy right now and it's not <laughs> good and it's horrible for. <laughs> So many reasons. Um, so why not create experiences that you actually like want to be in? You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the long day, you know, of work, it's like I go home. I don't want to be like, I don't want to put on a headset and like be terrified by zombies running at me. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to sit in something that really sort of um, soothes my soul. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, there are a lot of dark. Uh, tension-filled moments in your game. Yeah, I was going to um, say, like, there's the maze part, there's a heartbeat going on. And initially, yeah. when I went in that maze, I was like, are there jump scares at this game? <laughs> but, but when you say you want it to be sort of positive and not frightful, I I, I mean, I mean, maybe Steven is the person who hates horror games the oh, most. Man, yeah. <laughs> you, you can maybe speak to this, mm. but in my experience, that tension felt real, but it never felt, I never felt afraid. And, and I think that the, your game does a pretty good job of, like, knowing where that line is. Um, I don't know, Stephen. What did you think? I was initially afraid when I got in that maze. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for acknowledging my feelings. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's it's like I wasn't like so scared that I took the helmet off right away or anything like that. But I was initially concerned because I cannot stand being scared. Uh, but once I started going through the maze, I was like, oh, this is a maze. It'll be safe. So I just kept going through it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the dog helped a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but, your guide. <laughs> it's your guide. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I would agree with you in that. Like, I would prefer horror not to touch my VR games either. <laughs> I'm probably gonna get so much hate mail from people who love horror VR games. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, there's Martha, you're not really into horror either. No. So like we don't, there's nobody in this, in, uh, at, Are you? in this clubhouse who will really defend that genre. Yeah. But, but you know, or, I mean, I could, I could appreciate people being into it for reasons, you know, like people like a roller coaster for yeah. its thrills. I get it. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, yeah. there's definitely room for it. Mm-hmm. If, if done right. Um, but I think your focus on positivity is important because it's not, it's not just about like, it shouldn't just be nice and friendly, but like, Positivity can take many forms, mm-hmm. and and I think just that as a motivator, I think is 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 something I think even if you are making like a game to scare people, I think having a positive motivation for toward the experience, so people come away from the experience feeling positively, I think is I think that see that could work for everybody. That doesn't have to be 
uh, uh, silo to types of experiences. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I'm here on Nice Games Club, right? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that is kind of our philosophy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, so would, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't are cognizant of it, um, mm-hmm. I think you are promoting sort of more positive atmosphere and in, in game dev and game creation. <laughs> yeah, I think, and that I mean, like, yeah, there's room for that, whatever it is that you're making, mm-hmm. yeah. right? For yeah. sure. But maybe my, my point about the horror games is sort of a bigger one about, you know, VR is so limitless and yeah. the possibilities are endless. And I know it's, it's the obvious thing to do is to sort of take 2D games and, and, um, and our flat screen games and convert them to VR. But mm-hmm. um, I'm just sort of tired of seeing the same shooters and thing over and over again. Yeah. Like people should be getting weird. <laughs> right? Because you can literally do anything. And like yeah. why I don't I don't want to play the same formula. Yeah. Like if I want a game game, I want a game on my couch. Right, <laughs> right. Um I I think VR is gonna open up sort of this new a new um sort of uh genre of of ex- of interactive interactive experiences that are purely experiential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. like maybe uh, there'll be a lot of smaller experiences that are perhaps cheaper and mm-hmm. shorter. But um, like I would love to have a catalog that I could just like pick and choose and be like uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, but I can't think of anything <laughs> funny. <Yeah. laughs> um, I don't know, floating down the Nile mm-hmm. and there's like crocodiles I can talk to or um, uh, goopy arm simulator where your arms get all goopy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So positive and weird. <laughs> yeah, positive and weird. Yeah. I think. And like sort of a mix between like it shouldn't just be you sitting there and watching the world, right? Yeah. It should be a mix between that and game. So it, mm-hmm. it's it's that experience but with agency. Yeah. And part of what I was trying to do is put you in experience but use agency as a tool to get you more involved in that experience and get you um, to I guess believe it in a way, but mm-hmm. also to 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 impact yourself. Yeah, I like that. So you made you made the game in Unreal. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, Unreal. That so is- there's not a t- in this community. It's mostly Unity developers. Yes. That's why I'm leaving town. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, burn on everybody! Oh, that's <laughs> unreal. It's a Unity town, solo Unreal dev. Yeah. So, uh, talk a little bit about, like you said, it was a, it was you, it was you coming back to programming after a long time away. Yeah. Right. And so everything. So you must have had a, at a certain point, you're like, well, what are the, what tools should I pick? And then you had to pick a lane and stick with it. So t- tell us about that, that technical process. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I did a program in high school and I remember my advisor in high school was really disappointed. I decided to do art <laughs> instead of, instead of, uh, uh, programming. He was like this German doctor. Yeah. I, I was lived in Austria at the time and he was like, you could have soared like an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at you now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, I've always really believed in programming as like one of the most creative, um, Things you can do. Mm-hmm. I think it's right up there with art. Yeah, um, it's just creative problem solving. It's mm-hmm. just so much fun. Um, and I've always wanted to get to to. I've always b- believed that v- video games are this sort of great untapped medium. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so when I when I came over the glitch and tried it and completely changed my life in five, <laughs> five minutes, <laughs> um, I was like, I want to make stuff with this. And then I 
I looked into it, just Googled, and it was like Unity or Unreal. And Unreal had visual scripting. Mm-hmm. And that just sold me right there. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right, it's the blueprint system where it's like blueprint. node-based uh, methods where you drag your in, ins and outs. Yeah. And apparently, I guess it's a pretty easy way to get something on its feet really quickly. Yep. Yeah? Yep. And it was, you know, I just taught myself through YouTube tutorials and mm-hmm. forum posts mm. and Google searching. I mean, just Googling every question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had, like everyone, someone, people have had it a thousand times before you. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got a good sized community, right? I mean, that I know that we're all unity here, but like yeah. other stretches of the world use Unreal quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I love it. And even just in the three years I've been working with it, um, it's come a long way. Or it just right. feels better and better and better. And mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident with it. Well, those three years really corresponded with both Unreal and Unity really ramping up their VR capabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, in competition with each other, which has helped them both get a lot better at this uh, than it was probably when you started working with it. Yeah. Have you uh, also worked on uh, mobile VR games at all? Uh, just the one we did for the immersion program. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. When we were doing cardboard stuff. Yeah. For the, yeah. yeah. It was Wait, introduction. What? It was what? I think they, the people weren't available for the later cohorts, but Mm -hmm. in the first cohort, we got to do uh, a a glitches immersion program. We got to do a VR workshop with people from the U who were doing like the original VR stuff. Like they've been doing it before the Vive came out, or they had this huge fifty thousand dollar motion capture rig that uh, was basically totally outdated. Uh, immediately when, uh, when the commercial VR stuff came out. It's oh, kind of amazing. Um, but they had been working with this on a theoretical level for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And we did a Google Cardboard lab with them. Oh, um, okay. And so you made your own project. Yeah, just getting uh, familiar with Google's SDK at the time, which itself has come a long way. <laughs> like it's, it's so different than it was even when we were working with mm. Uh, back when. I, do you have a copy of this? Can I play it? It's, it was literally like, look at a square, it disappears. Oh. Look at another square, it disappears. Oh, okay. yep. <laughs> unless, unless other people got creative with it. Well, That's all I could get in mind. <laughs> I did, and I, uh, I was doing an internship at the Bell Museum at the time. Oh. And so I was like playing around with creating sort of VR dioramas, or cardboard dioramas, mm-hmm. think, and trying to get them to get on board. But oh, sure. It didn't quite <laughs> Um, but other than that, no. And oh, okay. AR is interesting, but I think um, that uh, I just really need to focus on VR. That power to sort of completely take you somewhere else, Yeah, I think is as an artist, that's mm-hmm. way more exciting to me than s- still keeping people in reality. Like, yeah, whatever. AR has a lot of utility, but that's not what you're interested in. You're interested in expression and experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so like AR is fine, but it's not going to do as much of that. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, maybe. Well, maybe. I know. I, I can think of some cool possibilities, yeah. but I just need to focus. I'm still, you know, <laughs> fairly new at this whole thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Oh man, making three like VR dioramas for the Bell Museum would be so cool if they could have gotten on board with that. That'd have been awesome. You could walk, actually, walk in and see all the little baby ducks. And stuff like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. m- museums is a pretty good, it's a good space for VR and AR. Um, AR in particular, I think um, um, our pal uh, Patrick at, at uh, Puzzle Fox uh, made some VR stuff for uh, museum dioramas that would like, you'd sort of pass your phone over these like 
uh, uh, installations and they would come to life. Mm. And so again, it has utility in a way to sort of bring you closer to an experience, but it has a, it's, it's definitely a different context than taking you to another world, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, like you kind of think of like, oh, this works for this and this works for that. And then like a week later, someone comes up with a new way it works, you know? So it's kind of, but yeah, you do kind of kind of like, you have to settle down and pick something, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy just to want to do it all. I mean, yeah. like we've talked about that on the show before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you had infinite amount of money. And time. And time, yes. And, and patience. And, and patience. <laughs> and people. And just all the resources you ever could possibly want. What kind of VR experience would you make? I've been thinking about this a lot as I've sort of, you know, finished up this project and thinking about sort of a longer term epic that I want to make. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sort of a combination of The Witcher and Mist. Oh. With so <laughs> everyone Martha, should see Martha's face right now. Martha is squealing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit of the Persona system and mm -hmm. Persona Five. Okay. Um. Uh, in sort of a universe that's the combination of X-Files and Adventure Time. Okay, I'm on board with this. <laughs> yeah, I, this is like a 10-year plan. Yeah, so yeah. Well, you have infinite soon. time and money. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're thinking more, not just about these uh, more art, sort of artistic, weird experiences, but you were also looking for like a, a traditional groundbreaking style gameplay. I mean, you're, you're, not, you're not leaving the world of traditional games behind, necessarily. Uh, At least in your ambitions. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Because yeah. <laughs> I just talked about how it's so good for her. <laughs> and I want to make a game with it. But I, I do. I think I still want to make that, that big video game. But I yeah. think in the meantime, I want to keep doing these sort of smaller projects mm -hmm. that push uh, VR as a medium to discover these new game mechanics. And yeah, yeah. And just give people something different to experience. Right, right. right. Uh, just try to get as much out there in the world. Like, the, I'm kind of working on the mechanics of a dance game right now, oh. or some kind of movement based game. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, or not even game. I hate saying game. Yeah. <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What's nice is like you, you can, these kinds of experiments, you could then, you, you can. It's not just about providing experiences; it's about learning, right? And you can you can take your learnings and then bring them to more traditional gameplay experiences to enrich in them, right? Exactly. Um, and I think a lot of people, those you know, the sort of art versus commerce or whatever, like this seems to be kind of like a, a it's a versus, right? But it doesn't have to be necessarily. They can support each other. Uh, that's more traditional sort of gameplay, play to win, have fun kind of experience, and then the more sort of meaningful. Uh, deep, more deeply motivated experiences, they can live together. Yeah, right. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. And I, I think, and I think as VR gets more popular, these sort of experiences will be more popular with the people who are adopting VR who aren't necessarily gamers. Which yeah. I think is going to the population that's going to grow and grow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I think there's definitely going to be room for more of the more of this stuff and. I just don't know why people aren't doing weirder stuff with it. <laughs> well, it's tough to be at the vanguard, right? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I should have paid more. <laughs> well, if you want to help with that listener, uh, your game is on Steam, Early Access. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how do you spell it, perhaps, so people can find it? Oh, Anerogen. Mm -hmm. So O-N-E-I-R-O-G-E-N. 
That's, that was a bit of a yeah, spell. That was that right? Yes, you did. I, I was watching. And was just, <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. I just asked you to spell it because I wasn't sure if you could. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also link it so you don't have to spell it on your yeah, own. Yeah, I know. That yes, wasn't necessary yeah. at all. <laughs> if you just type like O-N-E-I, it should pop up. Yeah. Ah, that's true. That's proof that there aren't too many games on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> despite popular opinion. Yeah. That's great. Yes, uh, it's in early access, so you're still working on it. Um, you've got some future plans. It's not like active at the moment. You sort of reached a milestone and you're, right? Like, wh- wh- what's the what's the plan going forward for early access? Oh, for this specific project? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, I need to build up more of a user base to get mm-hmm. feedback and, I guess, bug reports. Yeah. And just, like, really smooth it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already thinking about what I want to do next. Right, right. Um, but I, you know, I want to support it until it, it gets completely bug free and yeah, I get yeah. way more feedback. So I might, I won't change it too much probably. Right. So the experience is there, but you want to, you know, just, there's like, yeah, bug fixes out. and stuff. Polish yeah, sure. it until, polish it until it's like a nice shiny diamond. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, uh, help Andrew out with that. It's a really great experience yes. and it's, uh, it's pretty cheap on Steam, right? Not asking much for it. 99 that's, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, really, it's uh, you're a terrible person if you don't put down that money. <laughs> it's it's worth much more than that for certain. It's, so you'll have totally a great time. Is, yes. I made a cup of yeah. coffee <laughs> for sure. Yes. Uh, so we can also can we find you on the interwebs? Uh, yeah, I'm on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you have handles. <laughs> yeah, I have handles. I'm sure you'll link to them. Uh, Twitter uh, and Instagram are the ones I'm most uh, active on. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. um, And I also have a Facebook page for uh, my VR company, Wolf and Bear. Fantastic. Okay. Sounds good. That's so cool. That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. You really do need to know you're out there. So leave a review and tell all your friends too. Hey, Andrew, please you leave a review and tell all your friends too? <laughs> I will. Good. <laughs> I believe him. <laughs> we also want to hear directly from you. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing, send us your topics, and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show, your nice host, and our nice guests, as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.